Hello, and welcome to The Check-In, a podcast where we find out how people are doing during these times we live in. I'm your host, Liam Flanagan. On this podcast, we talk to a variety of people that do a variety of things about how they are holding up while the world circumnavigates a revolution in a pandemic, and the effects those things have had, are having, and will have on us all. Both of our guest interviews were recorded close to the end of March, before the murder of George Floyd. Our first guest is artist, musician, and photographer Michael Lee. Michael is a native Oregonian currently living in Portland. In this check-in, we discuss the service industry, music, which Indiana Jones movie is the best, and more. Here comes our check-in with Michael Lee. Hello? Michael. Hey, how are you? Great. How are you doing? You know, good, just hanging out, working on a crossword. Nice. Thanks for doing this. Of course. So, uh, welcome to the check-in. Thank you so much. Thank you for, uh, for having me. How are you uh, holding up? Uh, I'm doing okay. You know, I've just been hanging out and every day, you know, just sleep in until like 12 and then eat a bowl of cereal and then uh, take a shower and then take a nap. It's kind of just a vicious cycle. Yeah. So, let's go back to a couple months ago, right before this all started uh what was what was your life okay. what was your life like before the covid took over like in the beginning or yeah. february march yeah like when things were i guess normal yeah. uh so i worked two jobs i was working full-time at one restaurant where i'm at um kent bakery and so i was pretty much working like 55 hours a week or so um and obviously it was like busy but i guess it was in a nice way. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It was pretty routine, you know, just get up and like I had a, I had a weekend still, so I still had two days off, which was really nice. But then I was like five days on, so I don't know. I was just working full time, basically. Did you have any uh, like plans coming up or anything planned for? Yeah, actually, yeah. So I was supposed to go to New York for a vacation, um, and I was going to leave on March seventeenth, but just <laughs> kind of the way that things were headed. Like around the 14th, 15th, I basically decided my kind of last minute I wasn't going to go. And then it wasn't long after that that they um, basically, you know, did the stay at home order. So I'm pretty bummed. I was going to go to New York for the first time. I've never been. I was really excited. But um, save that for later, I guess. Yeah. And it's going to be a, a whole different experience. Uh... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was kind of thinking about that. And like, I would. I don't know. I mean, everyone talks about you know how long it's going to take to return to normal or whatever. I'm kind of bummed that I, you know, haven't gotten to go see New York before all this because I'm sure it will be a completely different vibe, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a different vibe all over the place. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you've been self-quarantined since around March 16th. Are you by yourself? Yeah, I live, I live by myself in a little studio apartment. How are you coping with uh, being by yourself during this whole thing? Uh, You know, it definitely has its ups and downs. Like, I used to live with a roommate, and it was kind of nice because you always have, like, a friend to hang out with. You know, someone to just kind of, like, oh, let's watch this movie, or, like, let's go to the store together. Um, But I definitely know that I like to be alone a lot of times, too. So Uh I think it's kind of a... 
you know, it's kind of a bittersweet thing. It's like, yeah, I, I like being alone. And it's nice to have my own space. So you don't have to worry about how anyone else is going to feel or think if you do this or if you do that or if you leave a bunch of dishes in the sink for a week, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you are you were working in the restaurant business and you're currently you're just floating right now, right? Yeah, unemployed. So um the job that I worked at full time, they basically sent us an email and just said, you know, as of right now, we're gonna be stopping service. And then in the email it said like, you know, two to four weeks. And it has obviously been longer than that. And I haven't really heard anything from them. So I'm not really sure. I keep kind of checking in the group chat, you know, and saying like, hey, like, is there a plan in the place? Or like, you know, and they say that so far their plan is to reopen, but I don't know how long that's going to be. And you, uh, did you have any issues getting getting the unemployment? Yeah, totally. It took like, it took like four and a half weeks for me to get my unemployment. I filed basically, you know, the day that they said that we were going to be closed. And then for, yeah, four weeks, I didn't hear anything. They kept sending me letters in the mail that said, um, like, there was a, like, I, I wasn't getting paid because there was a problem with my claim. Mm-hmm. But then they didn't, like, specify what the problem was. So then I was like, I tried to call. Obviously, you, like, can't get through. It's just to be, you know, eight hours a day emailing them. It took them, I think, three weeks to get back to my emails. So it was definitely a problem. But then, after about four weeks of just kind of continuing to claim they finally went through somehow so I'm not really sure what happened on that end but I understand you know there's a ton of people going through the same exact thing yeah like everybody That's yeah exactly <laughs> um, but you're uh, you've got you, you got your money coming in now and uh, you're feeling better yeah I, that could have that must yeah, have been a pretty definitely. stressful time when you know four weeks without any money coming in Exactly. And it's kind of weird because it's like, yeah, obviously it's really stressful, but I don't know. One thing I've been kind of struggling with is, yeah, it's really stressful to me, but I'm also not alone in that struggle of going through it. You know, everybody is experiencing the same exact issues. So yeah. it's kind of unifying to be like, oh, we're all, you know, getting screwed over at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. And some worse than others. And <sighs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, what so? What are you doing to entertain yourself during during you know by yourself? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, every day it's kind of something different. I started out um, feeling like okay, you know, every day I'm gonna try and be productive and like have these routines. And for a while, I was you know every morning like getting up, having a cup of coffee, reading a little bit, and then like watching a movie. And then you know by that point, maybe it was like two. And I would guess we'd like to take a nap or something. So I tried to have like a routine for a while. And then um, that kind of just fell out. But I think for the most part, yeah, unfortunately, just watching a lot of TV. You know, I've been trying to make some music here and there and then like work on some other art related projects. But I don't know, there hasn't been one like thing that's like, this is what's keeping me sane. You know, it's just kind of a eclectic collection of things. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, because you're a musician, has this given you time to write new stuff? Or is it, uh, because as a musician myself, I'm finding it hard to write songs now just because I, there's, I've got zero inspiration. How many songs are people going to write about being stuck inside? Yeah. 
I it's funny that you um, bring that up because I was thinking about that the other day talking to another artist friend of mine, and I was just kind of thinking just generally about art and wondering like if any art is like created during the time, is it directly in response to you know what's going on, or can we accept that art can be created outside of what's happening? If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's an interesting thing, like. You know, just because it's made during a pandemic doesn't mean it's like directly in response to that. But also, there's nothing else to do. So in a way, it is like the cause and effect. Yeah. Wow, man. Um, but yeah, I, I played a little bit of music. I, I bought a keyboard like at the beginning of this. So I've been playing that a little bit, which is really fun. But you're not writing or, or doing anything, you know, trying to write the next album? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I wrote a couple songs. I'm definitely not like, a pro musician or anything. It's kind of just like inspiration comes when it comes. I don't really, I'm, I can't really force it too much, you know, and I feel like if I do try to force like, oh, today I'm going to write this song about this, it always ends up being really terrible. Right. I just kind of, whenever I, I'm like, oh, I don't have this little fun idea, you know, I'll work on it then, but I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm a very practiced musician, you know? Yeah. Well, you've got time now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you've been exactly. watching a lot of movies. Do you have any uh, any recommendations for for the listeners? Any, anything? That... I, yeah, I have a whole list. Let me look. I have a list of movies that I watched during quarantine. So I watched like a lot of like kind of horror movies, sci-fi movies. Um, I also worked my way through a lot of Coen Brothers uh-huh. um, movies. But let's see, probably. Okay, here's a, here's an interesting uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. I don't know if you know that one. Yeah, it's got yeah, it's like John Hamm, um, Coda Johnson is in it. Kind of like this, sort of like a whodunit situation, murder mystery. Uh, it was kind of like a little thing Tarantino esque. Uh, I really really like that movie. Beautifully shot, beautiful colors. Jeff Bridges is in it as well. Yeah, I believe I've seen that one. It's a, it's, it's definitely worth watching. I like that. Yeah, I watched a couple of the James Bond movies with uh, Daniel Craig. Those are great. I've never seen those before. Just a fun little action. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is such a great time to get caught up on all the movies that, or just go back. I mean, my wife and I, we watched, uh, we went back and watched all the Star. We watched all the Star Wars, and then we watched all the Indiana oh, Jones. Yeah. And we watched all the <laughs> all the Back to the Futures, uh, and I think we're going to do the Terminators next. Oh, nice! And then maybe the Matrix, what's but I don't know. About what's your opinion on the Indiana Jones trilogy? Because you know, people are people are very opinionated on which one is the best one. Uh, I'm 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 a Holy Grail guy. I like the the third one in the oh, in, okay. in in the yeah. You know, the first one's great. Uh, the second one is terrible and uh, should probably just not be shown anymore. And <laughs> That's the thing. That's what I disagree. I love the second one. I don't know what it is, but ever since I was little, I've always loved the second one. And um, it's so controversial because a lot of people just don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really cheesy. And uh, and that the woman character is just just awful. And then, yeah, you know, she's not the greatest. Yeah. But 
I love the soundtrack in the cycle one. That is my favorite soundtrack. I don't know why. I like always get those songs from that specific one stuck in my head. <laughs> You're walking down the street with burr, 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 burr. like the, those. Yeah, like, the... <laughs> exactly. Short round theme. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love that. Oh man. So, um, one question. I, I this. Uh, yeah, this can be our last question. This is my last question. Question. Uh, what do you think you you're okay. going? What are you going to be a thousand times better at when this is all over? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I can tell you right away. Before all this, uh, I basically part of my routine daily would be like going to um, the coffee shop next to my work and getting a latte and then going to work. You know? Yeah. And so I pretty much have like only ever had espresso drinks but um after this you know i don't have a fancy press machine so i bought a french press and so maybe this is a dumb thing to be better at but now i know how to make my own coffee at home yeah that's not dumb at all that's great i mean you know yeah i don't have a coffee like pot you know just get a french press and it's it's fantastic i gotta say it's like you know you just get up have a little french press work on the password it's a great way to start the day. It is. I, that's we. That's the way we do it in our house too. So, cheers. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for letting us check in on you, Michael. Yeah, of course. Thanks for calling. Yeah, and uh, stay safe and be well. I will. Hey, uh, thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. The check-in is brought to you by our friends at Midpoint Food and Drink. The only thing that keeps me going during this crisis are breakfast burritos from Midpoint Food and Drink. Midpoint is open 8 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. all week long. Midpoint is located at 3524 Southeast 52nd Avenue, Portland, Oregon. Head down to Midpoint today. You'll be glad you did. The check-in would also like to thank the Landmark Saloon for its support. When this is all over, you will find me at the Landmark Saloon, sipping down suds and enjoying Leroy's Barbecue. Good drinks, good food, and good people. The Landmark Saloon is located at 4847 Southeast Division, Portland, Oregon. Our next check-in is with actor, craftsman, and father, Matthew Helms. Matt lives in Portland, Oregon with his wife, Elise, and their two lovely daughters, Olive and Maple. In this check-in, we talk about life with family, the unemployment fiasco, books on tape, and more. Here's our check-in with Matt Helms. Hello. Oh, whoa. Hello. Liam. Is that you? It's me. Matt. So, uh, welcome. Welcome to the check-in. Thank you. How are you holding up? I'm holding up fine. Um, I cannot complain given what is happening in the world right now. I feel um, very fortunate and grateful to um, be healthy and safe and able to work right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been... Um, obviously a really uh a really rough time right now in the world for a lot of people 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I let so right before so let's go back. I always I always like to go back uh to let's do that. Right right around February, March. Yeah. How was life? What was life looking at around that time? So we were so my daughters, you know, Olive and Maple, they are in seventh and eighth grade and um are both playing club volleyball and my wife Elise is in grad school at Portland State and it was very um things were good, but just very different, very um very busy, constant movement. Um, you know, one kid or the other had practice between, you know, Monday through Thursday. And Elise was going downtown for school and um, I was working and then we would have volleyball tournaments like every other weekend. And most of those would be, you know, out of town and it would be kind of like an all day thing. And um, just that kind of busy pace of modern life. Yeah, um, sounds like you were busy. Yeah, just a lot, a lot of stuff going on. And um and so, yeah, when things, when things changed, when quarantine started, um, Elise's grad school pretty much moved online, like right away. And the kids had some time between that last day of school and when online, um, distance learning started yeah. because there's, there was no program in place. It was just like, okay, what do, how do we proceed with all of these children who can't go to school? So that took a while to, I mean, they basically had to build that from scratch. And, um, and so they just had some, some downtime and, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's for them, I think it's been kind of an up and down. They, I think they're faring okay overall, but you know, for they're, they're at a K through eight school and the, you know, Olive is, in eighth grade, she'll be in high school next year. And she's been at the school since she was five with these, this, you know, majority of the kids have been there that, you know, they started there and they're moving on to high school and they're going into different, you know, some of them are going to Franklin and some of them are going to Madison and elsewhere. So like, this is their last year together. And they're, you know, they never would have imagined that like their last day of school together would be a random Friday in early March. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, they just, yeah. So I think, you know, it took took a while for that to kind of set, you know, settle in. It was that like, we're not going back to school at all. And, and, and um, also they're both such active kids, like with so much going on. And then to have that all just stunned. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely um, some challenges there. And then when the, the distance learning started, um And again, it's like we're in a situation where we have Internet access and, you know, computers and they're able to log into these like check ins. You know, they don't have class online for them is not. um, It's like a 30 minute with each teacher kind of check in like twice a week, maybe something like that. And then a lot of it is just on your own doing assignments. Right. Um, But there are, you know, there are obviously um a lot of families where there may not be internet access there may not be computers but i think portland public did a pretty good job i was seeing a lot of emails about you know if you need 
technology if you you know oh, if you need a device they they um, uh, over here uh the, at the high school next to us they had for a week they were giving out chromebooks mm-hmm, yeah so yeah so um but i mean it's just it's got to be tough for for a lot of people and absolutely and you know and everyone learns differently i think um all of is pretty self-motivated and is able to kind of go through our assignments without being um told to and then maple is more um i think would really benefit from being in a classroom with a teacher and that's just not possible right now so it's you know it presents some challenges for um getting through these last several weeks and um i hope they're able to get back to to some kind of normal school in the fall yeah i bet uh, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it's sort of, I mean, have, how's your new role as also a teacher? Like, are you, ha- you know, are you doing more teaching? Are you helping with lessons and. No. Oh, <laughs> I'm, uh, um, pretty much, um, Elise has taken on, um, that when necessary. Um, and then. Um, because sometimes it is just a matter of sitting down. I have tried. There were a couple of times where I was like, I, you know, um, you know, Lisa's in school herself. She's not working right now. She was only working two days a week, but the restaurant shut down, you know, immediately when that, when that order came down, but she, she is, yeah, put the most amount of time in and I've been working full time. So that's been, that's been a good thing. Yeah, uh, obviously, like as as a self-employed person, I've I've been working with a general contractor, and primarily with one general contractor, and then also with a, a cabinet maker occasionally. But if if my projects had shut down completely, or if I wasn't able to start a new project, like there's no unemployment. I mean, there I know there are some options out there for self-employed, but it, every everything takes a long time. Like Elise hasn't even received any unemployment yet and she filed weeks ago i mean like yeah and it's i think it's a lot of people had the experience of it just the system was overwhelmed oh absolutely yeah so um she couldn't get through she 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 managed to file online but then they sent her a, a letter saying um there's some you know something wrong with your claim and there's something missing and they didn't she would submit this um form that they would send her to fill out every week they would send it she would fill it out send it back and she'd also write a letter on the back like this is where this is my situation this is where i was working look here fuck shut cards. Down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like please tell me what else do you need like here's all the information that i can think to give you what else is missing and they would just send another form like that uh every week So the way that she actually finally got through, and this is kind of bizarre that this happened and it worked, but like somebody that she worked with, um, had an uncle basically got through to somebody on the phone. That's the thing is like, you can only make so many, like, you know, 200 phone calls a day and not getting through. It's like, how long can you do that? Um, so you know, she had tried that as yeah. well, but, um, but it was somebody who got through on the phone and said, Hey, will you please, when we hang up, is there any way you, she's, this person's asking the unemployment 
uh, office per person. Will you please call this woman? Here's her number. She's a mom. She's in school. She, you know, this and that. Her restaurant shut down. And the guy was like, oh, boy. You know, but he, he called. Wow. Um, so that was the way that she was finally able to, like, process um, the claim. And um, so there may be a little bit of money coming through unemployment um, for her in the future. Well, that's good news. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because yeah. I mean, if she's been filing and all that, I mean, so there, it's going to be back, you know, backlog. So right. Get all, uh, get all that money. So that's good. That's good news. Yeah. Yeah. So how is the family um, uh, doing during all this? Are you guys at each other's throats or, constantly um, embracing in love <laughs> or, or both both we're doing pretty well the girls you know they're 12 and um 14 and you know uh they they share the the basement is where their bedrooms are and i was in the process of um building a wall to separate their bedrooms and um and I did that. I built a wall with an opening where I was going to put a sliding barn door um, so that they could still pass through from one room to the other between their rooms. Right. Um, but they can walk around. There's another way to get to Olive's room, the Maple's room. So basically, I, I spent I designed a uh, sliding barn door. And then by the time I was just about done with it, I pre hung it. I hung the hardware and I was just going to do some final tweaking and then like sand it and oil it. And it's just like this beautiful, um, reclaimed fur door, which I made out of this like salvaged, um, attic flooring from the job I've been working on, uh, in Eastmoreland. And it's basically done. And then by that time they were like, well, you just build a wall. We need, oh. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we don't want a door. Uh, (laughs) they were just like we i need and i totally understand it it was like kind of hit me out of the blue i was like oh um i need a few minutes like to process like because i'd spent a lot of time on this door yeah and you know but i enjoy that kind of work and i'm gonna try and repurpose it as like a um a wall piece of wall art right but but um but I totally understand their age and they're going to be, you know, in high school soon. And it's like, even with a door between their rooms and they're still, it's, you know, they need their privacy. Yeah. And, Cause when um, they both have boys over at the same time. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So there, yeah, there's, um, that's, that's a thing that, that happened that's, uh, you know, but other than, you know, being cooped up in the same house and they're finally starting to have a little bit of, um, time with friends. I mean, that was a real hard part of the first like six weeks probably, or however long it was, two months. Um, of just like not seeing anyone. Um, and I know that things are feeling more relaxed now and I don't know how that's gonna, um, play out you know if we're gonna see what we're gonna see as far as um coronavirus cases if there's gonna be a big spike or what but i mean we're in oregon is relatively low as far as the number of cases and deaths compared to some other states so um 
again, something to um, be grateful for. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there are silver linings to, to all this. Yeah, and I've enjoyed the the slowdown. I mean, to be honest, it's like the the pace of things was pretty intense, and then um, when it slowed down, um, it feels more natural to me. It feels like we should be around each other more and have more time together at home and right. not be racing, racing around all the time and um, having time to fill and thinking of creative ways to do it. And, you know, I was personally in, in March, early March, I'd been back in an acting class for like six months at that point and um, was really kind of putting all my creative energy into that and um working on monologues and scenes and um and then i i was going to shoot a scene for a film class where our acting class was helping a film class by volunteering to be in their scenes they were like shooting scenes from movies that have already been made um and that i was like ready to do that and then also what what scene were you what scene were you gonna do um the big lebowski the uh the scene with um it's it's john goodman and um was the dude and walter and donnie basically uh-huh. in the bowling alley after um the handoff of the briefcase thing has gone awry right. where walter kind of hijacks the whole thing and then they go bowling afterwards and then the dudes they come out afterwards and then his car has been stolen and um so yeah i was um i was going to be walter Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty fun just to like, uh, you know, learn the scene. And then I rehearsed a a couple times with the other cast members. um, And then we were like just about to shoot it when uh, Corona, Corona, when, when, when Corona crashed down. But um, there was also, so my acting teacher was also doing a a different, um, I I had like a Wednesday night class, uh, three hour class every week. And then I had also signed up for a Tuesday night class. So I was doing two nights a week and the Tuesday night class was a short term, like an eight week um, um, class that was going to lead up to an industry showcase. So we were working on all these um, comedic scenes that we were going to put up for um, local, you know, Portland talent agents and casting directors, managers or what have you. Um, so I was like kind of like shifting gears a little bit towards trying to get back into that world or experiment with that world in Portland, which I haven't really, um, you know, I was looking at getting headshots for that and like trying to get an agent and start going on auditions, um, and seeing what the Portland acting world is like. And I all just, you know, that's gone. Stopped. It all stopped. Wow. My acting class moved to a, um, zoom forum class and oh. i did that for for a few weeks but it's kind of limited and yeah <laughs> yeah um uh, I've, I've seen the saturday night live zoom or the the uh saturday night live where they're doing it from home uh, yes. uh and those guys I, are professionals yeah 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 um yeah you can't really dig into like scene work with another person that, that's like you know a little three inch you know square on your screen like with, the brady with bunch a delay 
yeah you're like talking over each other and so that i bowed out of that after a few weeks and part of it was just the i felt like my kind of energy shifting towards like staying home and being with the family and doing house projects and trying to um you know, I was work and then work was steady. So it was like, I was kind of tired and coming home and like, oh, I don't want to sit on my computer for three hours. Yeah. And there was also like homework that I felt like I wasn't, I didn't have time to do for the class. So that's all kind of on hold for now, which is fine. You know, that's what it is. Yeah. What do you, so what are you doing for your, for your mental self care? I'm still running. I've been uh, running a bit. I was signed up for some races this year. I was, that kind of having races to do helps me to not, uh, not slack off. And uh, I have a tendency to, um, if I go for like more than a few days without running, then it can kind of turn into two weeks. Yeah. And then, and then, I, and then I go cream and <laughs> yeah, well always chips and ice cream regardless. <laughs> but, um, but then, you know, going, trying to get back into it feels hard. And it's like, so I sign up for races to kind of stay motivated. And so far I've had two of the races I signed up for have been canceled. Um, I'm sure more will. And that just feels like not a big deal at all in the scheme of things. It's kind of like, you know, of course. Um, um, but it's like, I, I've been trying to just kind of self-motivate to, get out there for my mental health and like, but for a while it was like, uh, I started running in all these places. I hadn't really run before because I didn't want to, I'd go up to Mount Tabor and, you know, on a nice day, there'd be people all over and it felt kind of hard to keep any kind of social distance. So I started just like running the streets, you know, from like 67th to 82nd between Gleason and Halsey, just like zigzagging back and forth and doing like a grid and just kind of weird, it's just just like creating weird designs on the map but um yeah but now i've kind of gotten back over to i i stayed away from forest park which is where i'd love to run the most and i i stayed away for about six weeks and then um and since then i've been going back a couple times a week if i can and just trying to go out early before work and go to the less less crowded trailheads and you know it's a pretty easy way to not interact with too many people out there yeah and a good way to just be alone with your thoughts yeah nice yeah and get some get some um some forest therapy as it were yeah so uh last question what are you Mm -hmm. what are you going to be a thousand times better at when this is all over Hmm. That's a tough one. I can't, nothing's coming to mind that I've like, I didn't learn a new skill Yeah. in this, in this time. I think it's like, um, I'm learn. I'm, I'm kind of work, you know, with, with work, I'm sort of transitioned from being a cabinet maker and furniture maker to a sort of utilitarian job site carpenter, um, I'm getting better at those kinds of things. Are you enjoying that work more now? I am. What I'm really enjoying about it is the camaraderie of working with other people. Like working by myself for so long kind of sucked, to be honest. I mean, it was like, I I didn't always feel like it sucked at the time, but I think it kind of accrued over time. I sort of got to a point where I couldn't 
I couldn't go on like that. And, um, and it, it, it wasn't really working for me financially anyway. So, so it's been good to, um, it's physical work and it's tiring and I'm in my mid forties. So like there's that, I got to kind of think about long-term what I want to do, but being working with other people that kind of camaraderie and then also the, the work varies from day to day. So I'm not just like, you know, cutting out sheets of plywood all day, you know, it's, it's, it just could be any number of different things on a job site at any you given time. You could be time, cutting so. any kind of wood, you know, different kinds of wood. <laughs> <laughs> I could be, and I often am. Oh, nice. Excellent. Um, but, but I wouldn't say that I'm a thousand times better at anything. I think if anything right now, going I'm just trying to, to be, like, though, what you're going to be, you know, at the end yeah. of it all. Uh, I think it, yeah, I don't, I don't know. For, for me, it's, uh, I, I, it's, it's a hard question. It's a hard question. Yeah. So, but that's why um, we ask him. That's I'm, why we ask the hard I'm, questions. True. And I'm, I mean, I'm one thing I'm thinking about a lot lately and with what's going on in the world is just trying to, um, to listen and like learn about other people's perspectives. I have been listening to a lot of audio books and that's been something I would recommend for people that are like, in in times of anxiety for me, which, you know, if I follow the news too closely, I think there's only so much of that that's beneficial, and especially early on in this whole thing. It was like, every, it just seems like it was changing so quickly and you could really kind of get wrapped up in like watching it unfold. Oh yeah. Um, and that could be really kind of anxiety producing. And, um, and I'm not able to really sit still and watch, shows and movies as much as they used to and but the audiobooks has been like i used to listen to them and then somebody was reminded me about them and i was like oh yeah audiobooks um i can listen to that while i'm working or while i'm running or while i'm you know building a door that's going to become a piece of wall art <laughs> um and it's like taking take it's a, it's a it can be an easy escape to take you know, your, your mind off of your own thoughts and let's just listening to someone else's right, story. Yeah. Um, what, uh, trying to educate, educate myself. What, uh, you got any good hot recommendations? Um, well, I just, um, I just started this book today called me and white supremacy. Oh. Um, and then there's a couple I put on hold uh, there's one called white fragility and how to be an anti-racist. Um, but I've also been listening to stuff for entertainment's sake, you know, like, um, there's a writer in, um, I think it's in Spokane called Jess Walter and this book called beautiful ruins, which is amazing. And then, um, a lot of my old favorites, like even books that I'd read before in, on paper that I just kind of listened to. And it's just kind of like revisiting um, some Kerouac titles and Cormac McCarthy and Willie Bolotin. Um Do you have a favorite reader? You know, some do you really, like, um, really like it when this guy read the book? I just I just listened to uh, a book that I had started to read that my mom gave me years ago, but then I never finished it or I put it down for whatever reason called The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. Mm -hmm. And 
the narrator, I was kind of constantly like, oh, this guy's a good narrator. I mean, most most narration of the books I've read or listened to has been fine. But then every once in a while you get one where it just kind of doesn't work or a man does a woman's voice and makes it kind of um, <laughs> stereotypical or like whiny or naggy. And it's like, well, wait, that doesn't actually I don't think that actually reads that way. I don't think a, this character would actually say it like that, where it sort of takes your head out of the story. Um, he just he comes into the <laughs> studio mad at his wife, so every woman yeah, is like, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but comedy, sex, God. Somebody recommend a buddy recommended that to me by Pete Holmes, who's a comedian. I'm not actually that familiar with, but that was a pretty good book. Um, Underworld by Don DeLillo. It's a great book. I read that in my 30s, maybe. I listened to that recently. Um, Audiobooks. Yeah, and I'm I I put a call out to the world for more titles, so hopefully I'll get some new ideas soon. Yeah. Well good luck with that. <laughs> and then I'm trying to I'm trying to remember to listen to music too occasionally. Because I kind of put it aside for a long time. Yeah. Well you I mean yeah. you should check out Podland Productions. They've got uh live DJ sets every Sunday, ten to noon, so I know, I know. Check it's that exciting. Out. Check it out. Well, thanks a lot for doing the check-in. Thanks for letting us check in on yeah. you. Thank you for checking in, and, and let's uh, we'll, we'll have a conversation off the air because I want to hear about you and life. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Matt. All right. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. Thanks for checking out the check-in. We hope to continue our check-ins as the world changes around us and beyond. I would like to thank our guests, Michael Lee and Matt Helms. You can follow Michael on Instagram at at fixedwithyou, and you can find Matt at at helmswoodworking. If you know anyone you want us to check in on, let me know with an email to liam at podland.productions. The check-in is produced by Podland Productions and was recorded and edited by yours truly, Liam Flanagan. This episode was co-produced by Daniel Rambo. Thanks again for checking out The Check-In.